Welcome to Identity of Health. My name is Matt Rowe, the founder of Identity of Health, a certified health coach who was diagnosed with MS and found that MS was the greatest gift ever handed to me. If you are looking for inspiration and motivation, you are in the right place. During each episode, we are going to hear inspiring stories from those that have gone on to live incredible lives after they have been diagnosed with the disease, along with meeting those that are healing others and improving their patients' lives. Now come join me for your dose of inspiration. Welcome everybody to the Identity of Health. I'm so honored today to have Janine Troutman with us. Janine healed herself from a debilitating um, disease called MS, multiple sclerosis. And for those that have walked this journey with multiple sclerosis or have heard of others walking this journey, we are always told that this is incurable. I don't believe that's true. And today we get to listen to Janine tell her story about how she healed herself from this debilitating disease using nutrition. And now Janine is out helping others to do the same every day. And I'm so honored to have you on, Janine. Welcome. Matt, thank you so much. I just wanted to say thank you for having me on your show because I have followed your work and I have such respect for what you do and I'm honored to be here. So thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. So Janine, um, when I first had a conversation with you, you told your story on your, I can't even, I'm not even going to give it justice on your story. So I would love for you to tell my entire audience your story. Well, thank you so much for giving me the chance. I do like telling my story and, and every time I tell it, I still get an overwhelming sense of appreciation for where I've been and how far I've come and also where I'm going. I, I started off as a very young, um, naive little girl who thought, thought I was so important at work that everything came second and I was just so busy and they kept giving me title after title after title. And then I had my son and everything was just, every day was just a struggle to get through. Mm. So when I was first diagnosed, it was because I was at work. I was way too busy to be doing anything um, outside of work. And all of a sudden my leg went numb and I went to the chiropractor thinking, okay, something's wrong. Hurry up, fix me. Cause I can't fix you. I, I don't know what this is. And he sent me to a neurologist and the neurologist sent me for all of those tests and it came back as MS. And at that point, again, I'm way too busy for MS. You know what? I'm just going to do what I usually do when I have a stressful situation in my life. I'm going to stick my head in the sands and I'm just going to keep going and eventually it'll go away. But yes. I right? Right. Yeah. But being so young, you didn't realize that every time you did that, it blew up in your face even worse. So I was in my, it was my early twenties. And by the time Let's see, a couple of years later, it just kept getting worse and worse. And the doctors wanted to put, I kept going for my follow-ups. They wanted to put me on medication. And they said, you can't go on medication until um, you're finished having children. So if you're, and I said, no, 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 I have to have my daughter. So they said, okay, 
hurry up and get pregnant. And at, you know, 23, four years old, you can go home and do that. Mm -hmm. So I went home, we got pregnant nine months later. I had my daughter and during, when you have MS during pregnancy, you feel great. Your body really does know how to take care of you. It goes, all right, we need to protect this little thing inside you and you feel great. So again, that added to my I'm fine. I'm going to be just fine. But things were tingly. Things were just not right. My exhaustion was through the roof, though. I didn't have a point of comparison. I didn't know how good I could feel. So three months after I had my daughter, um, I went for my follow-up. I had to get an MRI before I even picked up the results for my MRI and went to the neurologist for the, for the follow-up. He called me at work and said, how quickly can you get in your car and get to my office? He said, my immune system was attacking right next to my optic nerve. And if I didn't get on the medication immediately, I'd be blind. And then there's nothing he can do for me. So of course, what would anyone do but say, okay, that's, that's fine. And I went on a week of the intravenous steroids. I went on prednisone. I basically turned into a vegetable. And as soon as I was done being a vegetable and weaned off those drugs, they put me on the beta serone, which is the shot every other day. So there I am. Now I have two kids and I'm still working full-time, but things are getting worse and worse. The numbness, the tingling, the brain fog. I, it was so hard for me to keep a thought. I had everyone covering for me at work. So there I was and my daughter was two years old and I had come home from a business trip that I had struggled through every day of. And I sat down in my chair when I got home from the airport and I said, I just need to sit down for five minutes. Five minutes turned into an hour. And after that hour, I couldn't stand up. <clears throat> everything, everything, my arms, my legs, I couldn't move. And that was the beginning of my paralysis. My arms went, my legs went, my body just went, you're done. You can't do anymore. And I was just paralyzed. So after the trip, you come home you're, you're resting. And at that point, you're paralyzed. You can't move arms, legs, anything. You're done. It happens during an episode of law and order to be exact. I was watching, I turned the TV on. I'm like, just need to sit here. And it just, everything just shut down. And I thought it was horrible then, but I, I still could use a little bit from the elbows down and from the knees down. But then after days went on, I was just in bed and I had this, um, what I vertigo, the room was just spinning and spinning and that lasted for days. So there I am for about a month in bed. My husband, my then husband who I was married to at the time would carry me to different places in the house one time he carried me to a chair and my daughter who was two years old was home he worked from home so she was always home and he said i'm just gonna run to 7-eleven i'll be right back don't worry and she's I'm like no just don't leave don't can you see how much i talk with my hands can you imagine me paralyzed I, it was just <laughs> this was the worst part i couldn't do this that had been crippling i'm like who, who can talk without their hands i'm italian <sighs> That's a I say, okay, go, go to 7-Eleven. She'll be fine. She was such a good kid. I didn't think she was going to get up. Well, he wasn't even out of the driveway and she got up to show me a toy. And on her way over to me, she tripped on the area rug, hit her head, fell down, hit her head on the coffee table on the way down. And you know, that cry that kids do when they open their mouth to scream and no sounds comes out because they can't catch their breath. Mm -hmm. That was Julie. Mm -hmm. And so she's, finally caught her breath and starts screaming mama mama 
and I couldn't get to her. I was trying to wiggle my way down off the chair and roll my way over to her. And I couldn't. So she finally made her way over to me. She's her chubby little arms are around my neck and she's going, mama, please, mama, please, which is mama, please help me. And all I could do is sit there and put my cheek against her cheek and her tears were falling and my tears were falling. And you would think that that was probably the worst moment of my life. And at the time I thought it was, but that was that moment. That exact moment is when something switched in my brain and something said, okay, that's it. You're done. You're either going to have MS or you're going to be a mother because you can't do both. I knew from, from when my memory started that I was put on this planet to have children. And here I had this beautiful little boy and this little girl, and I couldn't take care of them. And I knew there was no way God would give me two beautiful children only to take away my ability to take care of them. So I thought, okay, if there's another way, please show me. So my husband at the time walks back in from 7-Eleven, sees the scene that's going on on the floor. What the hell just happened? Like, that's it. I quit. I quit my job. I'm quit IMS. I quit everything. And it took weeks. It took weeks to get my arms back. My leg, my leg came back. My left leg came back, but my right leg was always pretty much numb, especially from the knee down. I was like, it wasn't even there. But as soon as I was able to get my arms back in the months that followed, I had quit my job after being there for 11 years, I'd quit my job and said, I can't do this anymore. All this time that I'm taking off, I'm done. I'm going to heal myself. I don't know how I'm going to heal myself, but I'm going to do it. So the first thing I did was I found this book at Barnes and Noble um, called the MS Recovery Diet Book. And it was about these two women who were wheelchair bound and they healed themselves, all of their symptoms using nutrition. And there I was going, okay, if somebody in this world can do it, I sure as hell am gonna find a way how to do what they did. Good and so, you. thank That's you. Awesome. Yeah, I had to. So that was the beginning of all of it. And I slowly found ways to heal myself. So the first thing I did was they were talking about nutrition and gluten and allergens. So I said, okay, I'm going to eliminate everything from my diet and slowly reintroduce it back. Now, there are easier ways of doing this. There are allergy tests, but remember I quit my job. So there was no health insurance. <laughs> We, there was no health insurance. I, I didn't think that one through. So what I did was I did it myself. I eliminated all of the allergens and then I waited three months and I slowly tested them back in. But what I found immediately, as soon as I eliminated everything within, I would say three weeks, the brain fog lifted. I could see clearly, I could hold my thoughts it, it was, and I was, I was grateful for that. I'm like, all right, if nothing else happens, like this is amazing. And I kept going with it. So what I did was after three months, I started slowly reintroducing foods back. The first thing I did was soy, nothing happened. Then I did dairy, nothing happened. I didn't want to do gluten because I'm Italian. Like I said, the hands, well, the gluten too, the pasta, like I really didn't understand how I would raise children without being able to feed them pasta. <laughs> so what I did was I, I made a little bowl, little bowl of tortellini, my absolute favorite pasta. And I ate it on the porch outside in the sun and it was great and it was delicious and nothing happened to me that day. Nothing happened. I'm like, great, it's not the pasta. The next day I didn't wake up for 18 hours. I slept solid. My husband at the time put a mirror under my nose and shook me. 
You okay? Janine, you okay? 18 hours. So that's when I knew, okay, there's something to this. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's doing, but I got to stay away from the gluten. I didn't recover from that little bowl of tortellini for two months. Wow. Each day I slept less and less, but everything was tingly, weak. The brain fog was bad. I felt like I was almost back to square one because I wasn't paralyzed. At least I could move, but it was, it was God awful. So that started my journey. Mm-hmm. That's it, it, absolutely beautiful. But your journey wasn't over because you look at so much more like this was the start of it. But there's so much more that the universe and the world wanted you to learn. And so tell me a little bit more about that part of it. After this eye-opening moment of realizing that gluten was, and I'm sorry, you being Italian, that had to been a heartbreak. It was heartbreaking. Pasta? Because back then, this was 13, 14, going on 14 years ago, uh-huh. there was no such thing as gluten-free this and gluten-free that. I did find a gluten-free pasta. It was awful. It turned to mush in the water. Oh, it's, so yeah. me not being able to have uh, gluten meant that I had to live on chicken, fish, vegetables, fruit. But I felt like, all right, I felt so good that I mm-hmm. could do this. If this is what it's going to mean to be able to raise my kids, of course I can do this. Yep. So I kept going with it and I would slowly try to figure out how to get foods that I enjoyed into my diet. Mm-hmm. So here we are, let's fast forward two years later. So two years later, <clears throat> I'm doing good. I've got my food down. I'm starting different supplements. I'm testing out all these different things like red clover tea cleans out your liver. I'm reading everything I can get my hands on. And I'm reading this, these books that tell me, all right, well, you need to clean out your liver. Okay. So I'm going to clean out my liver with a gallon of red clover tea every day, crazy things like that. And I finally have a handle on this whole thing. And I feel like I'm good. I still have the numbness. I would still get foggy where my eyes felt like they were crossing around three o'clock every day. I couldn't stay awake past six, seven o'clock, but I was happy with that. Again, I was moving. I was talking with my hands again, taking care of my kids. Yep. So what, two years after the start of all of this, I walk in from Whole Foods and you know, Whole Foods, you, you spend like a couple hundred dollars at the Whole yes. Foods. Whole paycheck. Whole paycheck. Yeah. So, and I don't even have a paycheck. It was just my husband's. So I walk in, I put the grocery bags down. I'm like, oh, that was a lot. I sit down and I notice this note on the table. I don't recognize the handwriting. It's my husband. I'm like, he never writes me a note. And I, I look at it and I go, oh, dear Janine, I'm sorry I can't do this life anymore. Good luck raising the children. And I cleaned out the bank account. I really needed to furnish my new apartment. Oh my God. I can laugh about it now. Oh, Years you... later, a, a huge therapy bill. I can laugh about it now. So, how selfish! Uh, I mean, just self-serving and selfish in that moment. The anger that you must have felt. I can only imagine. I, you know, I think about that moment. If, if I came home and my wife left me a note on the counter, I'd be like, "Oh no, you didn't. I'm gonna find yeah. you." Yeah. yeah. I have gone through a roller coaster of emotions about that because at that moment, I got it. 
I'm like, you know what? The man carried me to the bathroom on how many occasions when I was paralyzed, he fed me. He had to, you know, roll me through Disney world with a wheelchair. Yes. We got to the front of every ride. Not that I could go on every ride, but we got to the front of every ride, Right. you know, and, and the kids loved getting a free ride on mom's lap, but yeah. the man did a lot. So when, when he did that, I thought, okay, okay. All right. Well, I got two choices here. I can go off the deep end and let the stress consume my body, this body that I am so grateful for having right now, because I didn't tell you that I was close to 200 pounds when I was paralyzed. And I had lost at that point, close to hundred pounds and chicken, fish, vegetables, fruits, and water will do that to you. Mm -hmm. So I thought, all right, I can let this situation consume my body with stress, but that's going to set me back. And I've come so far. I'm not going to let this take me down. So of course, right away, I called him and tried to find him. And, you know, I went through all the government agencies to try to get money right away. Because remember, I wasn't working. And here we are going into the summer. I have two small kids. Julie is almost five and Christopher was eight and a half. So we're going into the summer. I can't afford camp, which means I have to stay home, which means I can't work, which means I have no money. How do I do this? And then in the days that followed that, I found out that he, um, the house was in foreclosure. And all the utility bills were hundreds. The, the, the gas bill, I think, was like $1,200 because I called everyone to see you know, what was going on, how much I owed them. And then the utility company said, well, we need you owe $1,200, but we need $400 by, Friday, by Monday or else we're going to shut off your electricity. And I go, oh, no, no, no. I have two kids. You can't do that. And they go, oh, no, that, that law is no longer in existence. We absolutely can do that. And we're going to do it on Monday. And here it was Friday. What, how was I getting a couple of $400? And if I did, I couldn't give it to the utility company. I had to feed the kids. Right. So what I did was I put price tags on everything in my house and we made it a game. We all took some post-its and we put some price tags and I had a huge garage sale. And the fun part was I opened up the actual garage door during my garage sale. Mm -hmm. And every woman and man who came into my driveway, the woman would be looking at all of my pretty stuff in the driveway. And I'd say to the man, the husband, usually I'd say anything in that garage that you like 20 bucks, all of his tools, all of, all of the things that he loved. I'm like, 20 bucks. Oh, yeah. you know. yeah. it's all yours. And I made $600 that weekend. Oh, so it God. was little things like that. I mean, at the time it was huge, but it was little things like that, that kept me going because I knew, all right, God, I don't know what the hell this test is, but I thought MS was the worst possible thing that you could give me. And I got over that and I'm here with my kids and I'm healthy. So whatever, whatever reason you have for giving me this situation, I'll take it. It sucks. I'm just going to let right. you know this is awful, but I'm going to take it. I'm going to do the best that I can with it. And so that's how I survived that summer. Really garage sales, little jobs here and there that I could do with the kids. I mean, right. I didn't even have internet service, but what I would do is I'd go into the corner of my um, bedroom and I can grab the neighbors. And this was 13, 11 years ago. This was before everyone had their Wi-Fi locked down. Mm -hmm. so I could steal the neighbor's wi-fi and I would get online and I'd find these jobs that I could do from home you know whether it was proofreading or um, calls or whatever I could do to make money and and that's how I I got through it 
Janine, I want to stop you right there. There are some things that in what you said, you showed, even though what your ex-husband did was awful, to leave you with just at a spur of the moment, you still showed him compassion. Even um, yeah, I did actually. It, when, mm -hmm. You said it like, oh my gosh, this man, you know, carried me to the bathroom, fed me, did all of this stuff. You're, <laughs> I would have not had those thoughts. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I could say that too, but when you're in that moment and, mm -hmm. and, and trust me, yes, there was compassion, but there was also the Italian side of me, oh, yeah. whether it's the Italian side of me or the Scorpio side of me, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But we, we, me and the, um, the state finally found him and it was a couple months. But when we did, I said, I said, that's fine. If you want to leave me, I get it. I totally get that, mm -hmm. but you're not leaving the kids. Right. And I, I threatened, I don't know if we could say this on the podcast. I, I mean, he's still alive today, so it's fine, but I threatened his life. And I said, you know, mm -hmm. no one will find you. You need to raise these kids. <laughs> I'm freaking Italian. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. I will hunt you down. So, yeah, but then on another side, not only showing that, you know, all the compassion, compassion you could in that moment, you also showed love and gratitude, love for yourself. And I love how you said, I was so inspired when we originally had the conversation in the pre-interview is you had said, no way is this going to bring me down. Oh, hell no. Yep. Oh, hell, hell no, this is not going to bring me down. No. And you set that inside of yourself and look at you today and look at the beautiful life you had rebuilt, you're rebuilding for yourself and your energy and everything. And then laced on top of that is love. Yeah. It's that true essence of love, not only for your kids, but for yourself as well to get I through these. You're right. And, and thank you for pointing that out. I really do believe, especially now, the more people that I talk to who have gone through a life-changing event like this, especially mm -hmm. chronic illness, you're so broken down. You're mm -hmm. so low that all you have left is your words to God. And you say, okay, yeah. I have nowhere else to go. I'm at my lowest. So whatever you need me to do, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And when I was laying in the bed, paralyzed and I just laid there and there was nothing else to do but look at the ceiling I said to him I said if you help me if you help me find a way out of this bed I promise you I will spend the rest of my life teaching other people how to do it now it has taken me 10 years to get there it's taken me a long time because I really had to find out the answers and then get them in a system but I still today remember exactly how I feel how I felt laying in that bed and saying, if you help me, I promise you, I will do your work for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm just chills running through my body, Janine. This is, you are embodying what it means to flip your energy and flip your mindset and to flip what you tell yourself and what you can create. You are a beautiful creator of look at what you're doing now and how great. So your story is not done though. <laughs> I kept going. There's it keeps two more. going. So <clears throat> I'm finally able to 
get him to take the kids Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights. Okay, great. Because I can take a waitressing job at a yacht club and I could work Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights so that I could spend all week with the kids. Great. He can go to work. We worked out a great system. Did that for a couple months. It was working out beautifully. And then Hurricane Sandy hit. And my job, I was working at a yacht club, was underwater. So I had no job. Make matters worse, though, a tree fell in my kitchen. A literal tree fell right through the sunroom, uh, sunroof or skylight of my kitchen, right in the center of the room. Destroying the entire kitchen in that side of your house. Destroying the entire kitchen. I'm like, okay, all right, okay. This is I've been through I've been through rough times before. I could figure this out. <laughs> figure this out. And I had stayed, I had taken the kids to my mother's house during the, the the actual hurricane. So I left the kids at the house and I was walking through my kitchen, going, okay, all right. And I'm looking up through the hole that the tree created, and I'm going, all right, God. I don't know what this one is about because I feel like I just got over the hump. What is this for? Right. Like, I guess I'll find out later, just like you do with all the other lessons. Uh-huh. So I called the insurance company. I told them what happened. And they're like, oh, we got you. You're covered. I'm like, oh, okay, awesome. Now the house was in foreclosure. Remember, I hadn't gotten it out of foreclosure yet. So I wasn't sure if I had insurance. So they're like, no, no, no. We keep paying the insurance. You're insured. We'll send you a check. I'm like, okay, great. But now... There are no jobs. The, the whole entire state is in despair. The job that I was working at is completely submerged underwater and in the, mm-hmm. the Navasink River. So I thought, all right, well, the insur- I have this insurance check and I could live on it until everything gets a little bit back to normal and I can find another job or I could redo my kitchen. <laughs> so of course I had to live on it and figure out how to rebuild my kitchen. Cause I had to be the contractor. I had to do the work. And do you know that you can find everything on YouTube on how to rebuild your kitchen, take down a ceiling, put in um, those, those hi-hat lights, yeah. uh, take down cabinets. I had to, I, I, I did it all. I, I bought myself a tool belt. Cause you know, <laughs> cause why not? I wanted to feel like a badass while I was doing it. That's step one. You know, I don't know construction, but a tool belt will get me there. Yeah. It actually was step one. I'm like, all right, I'm going to need a tool belt. And then I got to find that thing. The thing, I think it's called a drill. I'm going to need one of those. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Janine, it's like unbelievably inspiring how you took your life with all the incidences and said, oh, hell no, Mm -hmm. that's not going to bring me down put a tree in my kitchen. I guess. Yeah. I guess I needed another lesson. And, and you know what, it was great because if you talk to my kids today, you know, they remember the, um, what did we call it? The lighting party. They got home from school. So the bus stop was right down the block. They get home from school they walk through the door and I was, I shut off all the electricity in the house. So I could put the ceiling light back in. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, guys, you're here. Perfect timing. I'm going to turn the electricity back in the house. So I want you to stand out on the front lawn because I'm not sure if the entire house is going to go up in flames. <laughs> so you had done all the electrical work as well. Yes. So proud. Which, honestly, it's it's nice because it's all color coded and the nice oh, yeah. pretty wires. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah, that and part was actually easy. Yeah. And YouTube will show you everything you need wonderful. to know. Yeah. And at one point it was already run. So all I had to do was figure out how to get it all back again. So the kids are on the lawn and the house did not blow up. So good. that was good. You didn't blow a breaker, like the lights came on. I did actually, there was this, it's a funny story now. 
Mm -hmm. um, one of my breakers, something happened to it. I don't know what, but it wouldn't turn back on. So I YouTubed it and they're like, oh, just change the entire breaker. You know, that's a whole thing that just comes out. I'm like, all right, cool. So I, I learned the steps. I bought the stuff and I went in and I did it. And of course, being so proud that I did that, um, I talked to an electrician, I don't know, years later. He's like, did you shut off the thing at the bottom, the power supply? I'm like, no, Amazing. what's that? Yeah. He's like, you did it live? Yeah, that was 220 coming in the house. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> God had your back, Janine. I he mean, really did, because I had no this. idea I was risking my life during that project. Mm -hmm. Really did have my back. What I do love about your entire story is how you incorporated your kids into not just your healing journey, but also all the repairs, all the challenges, everything your kids were with you lock and step through all of this. And the inspiration that just from hearing it in your voice and you just saying your story right now and how beautiful it is is inspiring, is knowing that, yeah, you know what, we were diagnosed with a disease and we can either go, woe is me, this is terrible. Then God comes down or universe, wherever you believe in, comes down and says, we're going to take your husband away from you. Oh, first, we're going to have your daughter fall in front of you and go through that moment. Then we're going to take your husband. Then your husband's going to leave you alone with no money your house in foreclosure, the power company threatening to shut your power down in three days if you don't come up with the money. The resiliency you had in those moments really took you to having a tree drop into your kitchen to fully understand how incredible you are and how powerful you are. And those were the lessons that I didn't know that I needed to learn because I didn't know you could feel powerful. I didn't know that you could feel like you could do anything and or figure anything out. Yeah. Um, I grew up, I was very isolated when I grew up. I, I came from a single mother and she did her best. She was a good person, mm -hmm. but she had her, she had to work hard. I was left on my own mm -hmm. and it left me wanting to be taken care of. And so when I lived my life with my first husband, I, I really did not trust myself in any way. I didn't know it at the time, but I didn't trust myself in any way. And I think that's why I worked as hard as I did at my job, because that was the only place where I felt like I was worth something that I could do good. And so looking back at all of these lessons, God really, or whoever you believe in, someone really wanted to show me that I am capable of many things. And I needed all of those to get to this point. And thank you for recognizing that about the kids, because I just, that's just what I did. Those were my people. Like, yeah. I really like them. They, we have a great time together. And I'm mm -hmm. like, we were always a team. I'm like, all right, guys, we got to figure out how to get the Christmas tree lit again, because this side of the house now has no electricity. And I'm not sure why, and I can't afford an electrician. <laughs> We had like this rolling blackout in the house. <laughs> oh my God, you are hysterical. So there was one Christmas where we had an electrical cord that ran, like I had like three plugged in together and they were like yards and they were all the way across the house because that was the only outlet that worked. Right. But yeah, they have been with me throughout this whole thing. And I hope, I mean, they're, they're 15 and 18 now. And I hope they were able to see that. Oh, Actually, I think they're learning because my son asked me the other day, he's like, how did you know how to do that? I'm like, I didn't. He's like, but you did it. 
I forget mm -hmm. what we were talking about, actually. I wish I could remember right now. And I said, Christopher, we've got YouTube. You never have to wonder about how to do something ever again. Look it up on YouTube. They'll figure it, we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so it's funny because I just finished reading a book by Marie Forleo. Mm -hmm. Just came out with a book that's called Everything is Figure Outable. Mm. Opens up the book with a story about her mother. And her mother, she would come, she remembers this story about when she would come home from school. And, you know, her mother always had like this little radio. So she always could follow the sound of the radio. And all of a sudden she looks up and, and there was the sound coming from her mother was on the roof. And she's like, Mom, what are you doing? You know, North Jersey, just like me. And she's like, Oh, the roofer wanted too much money. It's just some shingles. I got I got to figure this out. So she grew up watching her mother figure everything out. Yep. And here she is an extremely successful entrepreneur and writing a book, everything is figure outable. And I hope that my kids, I hope I didn't, I hope I didn't traumatize them. I hope I don't have to help them out with their therapy bills later in life. I hope they were able to see that no matter what happens to you, you could either see it as, all right, all right, this is a lesson. I don't know what the lesson is. This sucks right now, but I'm, I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to accept this challenge. Mm -hmm. And hopefully later on, I'll figure out why I needed it. You not only changed your life with your health to getting basically reversing an incurable disease inside of your body. You also changed the story for both of your children. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, thank you for bringing that up. Um, there was a couple of years ago, you know, when you walk into Target mm -hmm. and they have the shopping carts on one side and on the other side, I don't know about yours, but on mine, they have the wheelchairs. They have a couple mm -hmm. wheelchairs right there. Yeah. So just a few years ago, I'm walking, we're all, me and the kids are walking in and my son goes, Hey ma, look familiar. He's pointing to the wheelchair and it's, and he just keeps walking. Mm -hmm. And I said, it stops me in my tracks because to me, that was trauma. That was, mm -hmm. you know, the, well, at the time, a couple of years ago, it was still trauma. It was the worst years of my life. And oh my God, it meant nothing to him. Mm -hmm. So I talked about it to him a couple hours later. And I said, what did that time mean to you? He's like, what mm -hmm. do you mean? I'm like, I was in a wheelchair. Like you've seen me like 200 pounds paralyzed in a wheelchair. And then you see me like this today. Like what, what does that do for you? He's like, yeah. I don't know. You were sick. You had MS. You got over it. <laughs> that was it. Oh my God. This is why I call you the little shit. All right. Yeah. Heck, you got MS. You got over it. Yeah. Just yeah. very so matter of factly. Yeah. To God. them, MS is just something you get yeah. over. It's like the flu. It's like a, a bad flu that lasts for a couple. You just get, you figure it out. You get over it. Mom, a tree fell in our kitchen yeah. and you fixed it. Like we got over it. It, it. And they were so little that they weren't traumatized by it. You know, I, that day that I walked through the kitchen and then like walked actually the tree. Mm -hmm. was so big that I could walk up the tree from my back deck. I could walk up the tree onto, onto my roof, just walk right up. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and I run and see how it got in. Yeah. So, so I went back to my mother's house and I told them, and I showed them pictures and everything. Mm -hmm. And and Christopher, the little shit that he is, he's like, man, that sucks. And he goes back to watching TV. <laughs> I'm like, aren't you nervous? He's like, no. I go, why? Cause you know, I'm going to figure it out. He's like, yeah, you're going to yeah, yeah. He doesn't care. Right. And my daughter was so little. She's like, oh, cool. Look at that. A tree in the house. Yeah. Can we keep it in the kitchen? That'd be so much fun, you know, cooking dinner. So yeah. So you had taken so many of these moments and used them as another stepping stone in your life. Instead of going the woe is me, you had every right to be a victim. You had every right to go and really 
you know, self-sabotage or whatever it is, that mindset, that, that negative thought process, you didn't. I didn't. And I think looking back, I think it's because nothing was worse than my daughter falling in front of me, crying and me not being able to get to her and realizing that if I don't fix this, I'm never going to be able to take care of my kids again. I'm never going to be able to hug them again. I can't raise them. And nothing was ever worse than that. So I'm like, so once I was able to get my arms back and get my legs back, people ask me all the time, like, how do you live without Taco Bell? How do you not go and get a, you know, a steak chalupa with extra sour cream? That was my favorite. And I said, because as good as that tasted, and as, as sometimes I do want that, mm-hmm. I think about the life I have right now, and I know what that food is going to do to me. Because today, yep. just to bring it back to the gluten, today, I can't go near gluten. Gluten mm-hmm. will take me down just like it did back then. I won't get paralyzed anymore. It's been 10 years, and I have I've tried to avoid it 100%. But of course, you know, I've been glutenized, mm-hmm. is what I call it. Yeah. And when that happens, I'm down for about six weeks. Mm-hmm. Now it used to be that I was down completely and I couldn't function. So can you imagine being a single parent, no support around and being down? So I feared gluten worse than any plague. Mm-hmm. And today I don't fear it so much because I think my body is getting to the point where it can handle it. Because mm-hmm. the last time I actually glutenized myself, I wasn't taken down for six, eight weeks. I got a rash. Mm-hmm. So I don't have the luxury of testing what gluten will do to me, you know, I can't have an entire pizza and, you know, see what happens, but I know I avoid it. And I don't miss those foods because I'm so grateful for how I feel today and being able to, being able to talk with my hands, as simple as that sounds, you know, and take care of my kids. So everything that happened in my life, I don't think was anything, nothing was worse than not being, than, than the thought of not being able to take care of my kids. Right you made a conscious decision at that point. This choice is better than this choice. So it's just a temporary feeling of eating, you know, a steak chalupa taco from Taco Bell with extra cream and all that stuff we, that gives us immediate pleasure in the moment. You're like, it doesn't beat the long-term pleasure to feeling great again, like I used to. And so tell me about now. Tell me about your life now, Janine. I would love to. I am currently married to the love of my life. Awesome. Uh, And that's another reason why I can't have any kind of angst or hatred towards my first husband. We have a great relationship now because I know everything led me to this point in my life. Mm -hmm. So while I was going through all of these trials, all of these lessons, all those times, you know, God took out the baseball bat and whacked me over the head. He's like, yeah, you're not listening to me. I'm trying to tell you. He takes off the bat. Right. You lay there in bed and you told me I would devote my life to healing and helping other people. He goes, well, you kind of got to learn these steps before I I can lead you there. Had I known, had I known. So all of those things led me to this point today. So all of those things that I went through, and mind you, here I am single and everyone's asking me, well, are you going to start dating? Are you going to start? I'm like, what? Date? Dating? Who has time for dating? I have this tree out of my kitchen. You know, (laughs) who has time for dating? I got two kids I got to raise. So dating was never a thing. So I was single for a very long time. I was single Mm -hmm. for eight of the eight, nine of those years. And my best friend uh, was always trying to hook me up with this guy that she knew from her old job that she rarely sees. And I had dated this one other person before who had the same name. And I'm like, no, I've dated a Kevin. I'm done. I dated a guy. I don't want to do it again. 
She's like, all right, she tried for four years. So we, after four years, I finally gave in. We went out and he is my husband today, the love of my mm. life. I couldn't be happier. How beautiful. So what do you do now, Janine? Well, we start to wrap up our podcast, which I'm so inspired. I'm going to take your story into my life. And every time I hit a moment of adversity in my life, I'm be like, well, it's not oh, as bad as no. what Janine, oh, hell no. Am I going <laughs> to let this stop me? Yeah. So tell me about um, how you're helping people with nutrition. Oh, well, I'm taking my now 13 years of experience, what worked, what didn't work, and I'm condensing it down to make it easier for them to do it. So everything that I have learned, I am passing on to the people who are willing to listen and they're healing. And my my agreement with them is when you're healed, you have to pass it on to somebody else. You have to pass this information on. Love so it. I'm already I'm already seeing people who are branching off and starting their own Facebook groups and they're starting to help people. And it's a snowball because I don't want this information to end with me. Mm-hmm. I will spend the rest of my life and I'm 43, God willing, I have a lot of time left. Mm-hmm. I will spend the rest of my life telling people you don't have to be sick. You don't have to be sick. This is what I've learned. This is what worked for me. And this is what worked for a lot of other people. Matt, as you know, so many people have healed from MS and everybody can, right? So I don't want this information to die out. I want to be like the next virus. I want to spread this information around. So this way people, you have a choice. You could be sick. That's your choice if you want to be, but I want you to know that you have a choice. You don't have to be sick. This way you never feel stuck. You are in control. And, and that's what I want to teach people. And that's what I'm doing. So today my life is helping other people, coaching them through everything that I went through to get them to the point where they feel empowered Mm -hmm. to live the life that they want to live, not the life that they're stuck living, but the one that they actually want to live where they're married to the love of their life. And they wake up every day going, Oh, I can't wait for today. This is Mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You said it right there. I can't wait for today. Yeah. And if we wake up every morning and we start to have that mindset where we're thinking, I can't wait for today. Yeah. No matter what happens to me, good, bad, right, wrong, indifferent, I don't care. I cannot wait for the today. And it's funny because I say that today, I say that I've been saying that every day that I wake up, but I say that today going, oh, I can't wait to see what happens today, right? With this face, with this like excitement. And I remember back in the day, I'm like, I can't wait to see what happens today. (laughs) There's so much shit that was happening every other week. So it's funny how that has changed. And it's also funny, the perspective. Had I known then that everything that was happening was for me. Everything was happening for me. It wasn't happening to me. Mm-hmm. Then hopefully my kids see that too, that even if you think, oh, all this stuff is happening to me, change it. Why is all this stuff happening for me? What am I supposed to learn right now? Mm. And magically things, people, books get put in your path to help you get to where you want to be. You received it though. You were open to receiving all of it from 
the shit that you went through at the beginning from all those moments of like you had every right to step away from it all. You didn't. You kept receiving and you kept showing compassion, love, and gratitude. So today, even your voice changed, even the tonality in your voice changed because you could say, well, what the hell is going to happen to me today? Or you can say, gosh, what is going to happen today to me? Right. It's Same all words. Right. Same words. It's all perspective. And that emotion that you feel today, look at the life that you're building. Look at it's the amazing. company that you're building. So it's, what is the name of your company? Minding Your Soul. And the reason why I named it Minding Your Soul is because I wanted to take those two letters that at one point took me down, MS, and change it around. I wanted a different perspective of it. And I know that, yes, it's about nutrition. A lot of it is about nutrition, but there's mm -hmm. so many other spokes in the wheel you need to mind the matters of your soul because healing doesn't happen on one level. It's not just physical. It's, it's, it's spiritual. There's so many levels to it. Yeah, so in yeah. order to heal your body, you have to mind your soul. Mm -hmm. So my company is called minding your soul. Mind, now can, if we want to find you, it'd be minding your Yes. Yeah. Minding your Nice and easy. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you. Your identity shifted everything in your life shifted. I love, uh, there's a quote from a movie um, when they were doing the Evan Almighty and the Bruce Almighty stuff. And in Evan Almighty, there's a moment where he gets hit with water, you know, standing on his driveway after his wife pulls away and leaves him. And he says, I know you do this because you love me. Love me less. <laughs> like at some point, but God in the universe never gives us more than we can handle. And look how you shifted who you are as an individual deep within your soul and in your heart of all those moments crafted this beautiful woman that you are today. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really do see the beautiful life that I'm living today. I'm grateful every morning I wake up, every night I go to bed. I'm grateful for my kids, for this husband that is just the love of my life. I, I love the shit out of that man. I really do. <laughs> and for all of my clients and the people who I run into, it's it's really is an amazing life. And for people like you, you know, your mission, as soon as I heard about you, I don't know if you remember, but I called you as soon as I heard about <laughs> I me. I'm like, yeah. what? I need to know more about you because <laughs> I love the telling you need to get your message out to a thousand people. Yeah, we do a thousand plus, And we need mm -hmm. to keep getting this message out because we're never stuck. We always have options, but we don't know we have options unless people like us who have been through the shit and now are out of it mm -hmm. can turn around and say, Hey, you need a hand. I'm here for you. Yep. You need some help. You need a lifeline. I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be that bad because I wish I knew people like me and you when I was laying in that bed. And some, yeah, I yeah. wish someone would say to me, don't worry, Jean, I got you. This is how you're going to heal. And I'm going to hold your hand the whole way. You're going to do it. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. It puts us on a mission. I mean, my mission is 10,000 people this year. Yeah. Can I help? Oh, I think 10, I said it, a thousand, sorry, 10,000. Yeah. 10,000. And I know it can be done. If I can heal, if you can heal an incurable disease, fix your kitchen after a tree falls in it, not knowing anything construction, 
<laughs> rise above the emotional trauma of having a loved one leave you mm -hmm. in the storm, in the strife. I mean, no pun intended, the storm. Yeah, Sandy was there. But before that, the storm that you were put into and you rose above it and you healed, 10,000 people easy. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Nothing seems hard anymore. Nothing seems hard anymore. You know, no matter what, it's everything. I love that the book title of Marie's, uh, Marie Forleo's book, everything is figure outable. It really is. Especially now it we is. have no excuses with the internet. Mm -hmm. Everything is there for us to figure out. There are people out there who have done it. So Amen. let's just, let's just get together and, mm -hmm. and talk to people and help people because life doesn't have to be that hard. Life can be amazing, no matter where you are, no matter right. even if you're laying in that bed completely paralyzed right now, and you're listening to this podcast, you just need to know everything that you want is right there. You just have to do it. You just have to go after it. Right. Flip your mindset with where you are. Oh, hell no. This oh, hell no. I'm not dealing with this anymore. This is not going to happen. Oh, hell no. Janine, it has been such a pleasure having a conversation with you today. I'm so, you left me so inspired to Thank keep you. Thank moving. You. Thank keep you for taking that. my call and doing this with me. I love this podcast and I really, really appreciate knowing you. Thank you for what you're doing. You're sweet. Thank you. And um, everyone definitely reach out to Janine mindingyoursoul.com. It's, it will be the, the best decision that you have made this year and use Janine as a first step to just getting over anything that you do have. So Janine, enjoy the rest of your day and uh, can't wait to go on this journey with you, exploring all the differences that we can make in others' lives. I'm looking forward to it, Matt. Let's do it. All right, done. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us today, and I hope you left inspired. Leave us a five-star review and begin following us on your favorite podcasting platform. Also, if you are diagnosed with MS and want to join a supportive community, come join us on Facebook in the Identity of MS private group. In the show notes will be a link to join the community. Remember, you are good enough to heal anything. And I hope you give yourself permission to heal.